sit here. Are you excited? I said the kids are going to have fun today. Mom and dad are going to learn something, right? Come on up here, John. This is John Tash. And um, did you ever meet somebody just like him right away or love him? Well, he's one of these guys. And uh, I want you to introduce yourself right now and then introduce the folks that came from Omaha. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You can use whatever you want. Yeah. John Tash. And uh like to introduce David and his wife, Courtney. Can, would you stand up, please? And Paul, they have uh, drove all the way from Omaha, Nebraska. And they have their two little children, but they're not in, they're not in here. They're in the nursery. Praise God for the nursery workers. Hallelujah. Amen. And, uh, yeah, my name is John Tash and, uh, my wife and I have been involved in ministry now for 47 years. It's hard to believe that long. We were on staff at Victory Christian Center for many years. Yeah. And we had, uh, about 3,000 children every weekend. 1,500 that we bust in for our Saturday Sunday school program and another 1,500 that we minister to on Sunday morning, four Sunday morning services. Nate, four Sunday morning services. <laughs> and then a Sunday night service that started at 6 o'clock. And if it ended at 9 o'clock, man, that was an early service. And then we've taken over 6,000 children all over the world on mission trips. And I'll talk about that more later. It's good to be here. I didn't know if I was going to get the mic back. I'm glad you're here this morning. We're going to do something different. We're going to have worship. But Flashpoint the other night, it was Tuesday night, um, Pastor Hank Kuhneman, the prophet from Omaha, um, shared and then it went into a little bit of Mario Morella. I want you to listen to it. Will you, will you listen carefully? Amen. You know... The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. So for these that we just saw with the clips, first and foremost, Pastor Gene, they need to understand that the devil will often advertise and try to counterfeit what he is absolutely threatened and controlled by the very spirit of fear that he is. You know what he's afraid of? He's afraid of God's order coming. He's afraid of the passage of time that is going to come and bring continual exposure to what they have done to the people of this nation and what is happening around the earth, and especially the children. So the Spirit of the Lord prophesied something very interesting. And he said, because they have touched the children, and he talked about Ukraine, he talked about even Taiwan, he talked about the United States, and he said, you may call it conspiracy, but God says, I am looking and I am seeing what they've done and they will be brought to justice. But here's the beauty of it. All the stuff that they've been shoving at our children with the curriculums and the different things that they've had to to swallow the children, you know, wearing the mask. God said there would be an anointing that would be released upon the children of this generation. And he said that there would be, even from the mouths of the children, they would begin to say, let us go to the house of the Lord. There is coming a tremendous move of God. If God could speak 
to a silly little Samuel at a very young age, and he heard the voice of God. He became something very powerful for God and for the kingdom. This is where we're coming with our children. And there is a movement of holiness and righteousness that will not be the traditions of men, but it will be the cry of their heart to know God and to walk in ways that are honorable. I'm telling you, there's even coming a sexual revolution in reverse, and it will be, it will be championed by the children so that's why the enemy's been so hard on them but it's going to backfire and we've got a whole new generation of children reformers that are going to rise and we're going to take our nations back amen boy that's good i I agree pastor hank you know uh, mario history has shown us in revival it's the young people now i know that we uh, we talk about young people being high school college age but uh, you know the fact that the left and this liberal a demonic agenda that's actually attacked mm-hmm. our children is not going for the high schooler. They're going for the mm-hmm. four and the five-year-old. Yeah. I mean, in yeah, ways like we've right. never seen before, we do have to take our stand to not let that happen in our lifetimes. You know, what I love is on this show, you'll, you'll hear prophetic words from Hank and we'll see some on tape that he's given years ago. And when he shared that one tonight, because I don't know if anyone picked up on it, but he was prophesying just now. The one thing that I want to say, and I got to get it out of my system, is that they're not going to have our children. They're not going to have them. Jesus said, suffer the little children to come unto me, for such is the kingdom of God. And I'm convinced that the Holy Spirit is going to pour out his spirit on the children. And much of the reversal that Hank saw by the spirit just a moment ago is going to come through children. There's going to be a miracle. You know, in our tent, we are in the process now of getting a children's tent to go alongside of our tent because children are getting saved. They're finding God. They're getting filled with the spirit. They want God to touch them. And I think we need to be ready. And I I really feel this is essential that all of us, we look and we think that they represent the culture. The left is saying, we're your art form, we're your language, we're your values, we're your conscience, we're everything. We're your Star Trek, we're your Disneyland, we're your education, we're all of it. And you are none of it because God's hand is on this country. And God is going to expose them. And I believe that they are getting arrogant because the Bible says before a fall, pride takes over. Amen. Let's stand up this morning. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you. What you're doing in our lives, individually and corporately, but especially what you're doing in the lives of young people and children in the days ahead. And Father, we purpose to be on the front lines to reach the young ones. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen.
to the preacher you want walls to come down in your life then you need to learn how to shout and we're not there yet so we're going to keep singing this and we will keep singing it till you get the shout down amen
Father, this morning, I thank you, Father, that your fire is falling upon us in this hour. We're expecting it. We're expecting, Lord, your power to be manifested in the days ahead to reach a lost and dying world. Father, we thank you that fire is burning in our bellies. And we'll be obedient, Lord, in this hour. We love you. We worship you. 
And we honor you in this house this morning, Lord Jesus. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, to continue to teach us what we do not see. And all God's people shouted, Amen. 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 We'll greet someone on the way down. Amen. 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 We'll use this one. You want to turn the lights on, please? Amen, amen, amen. Let's get through our... uh, Boy, once you get them going, they don't quit. We're going to receive Harvest Church's tithes and offerings. If you need an envelope for your giving, raise your hand. Then at the end of the service, we're going to bless his socks off. Amen. Abe's already been his, see what happened to him. That's what he'll be like when he leaves today in that suit. Amen. Go to the airport like that. Amen. Ushers, if you need an envelope for your giving, you're sowing now into Harvest Church, and at the end of the service, we're going to bless Brother John. Amen. You want to come and give an announcement, please? Just a quick week's announcements. Tuesday night, 6 o'clock, Patriots United here dealing with election integrity. Wednesday night is going to be different because at the country club, Norfolk Country Club, from 5.30 to 7.30 is a candidate's meet and greet. So we have three positions on the Norfolk School Board that are open. We have four good candidates, three not so good. Okay, so you have an opportunity to come and get to know them. But if you do not, and also for like our city council, Mr. Steiner, and all of those. So that's important that you go and and get involved and know bodies count. So if you're in the Norfolk voting district, we ask you to be there if at all possible from 530 to 7:30. Uh well, it's the whole city for the school board. Um, if you do not live in the Norfolk voting district, then we are having prayer here. P- Pastor Brad will lead that. So you have two options Wednesday night. And then on Saturday at 2 o'clock in Pierce, if you want to go talk to Amy, they are showing the mine polluters. If you have not seen mine polluters, you need to see that. You need to invite people that need to see that. And even if you've seen it, Bodies count. So we'd encourage you, if you need more information on that, um, Amy will get you that information. Amen. Stand to your feet and welcome Reverend John Tash. Amen. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord together. Poke your neighbor in the ribs and say, you're going to learn something today. And you may be seated. Yeah, I'm uh, excited to be here this morning. Hey, I'm looking for the, you're talking about, you're talking about your socks off. I'm looking for the first person that can bring me up a sock off your foot, a sock off your foot. First person to bring me up a sock off, Paul, 
Get yourself a piece of candy. I'm looking for the first person that can bring me down a rubber band, a rubber band, a rubber band, a rubber band. Who's got a rubber band? A rubber band, a rubber band, a rubber band, a rubber band. There you go, sweetheart. Get yourself a piece of candy. I'm looking for the first person that can bring me down a picture of your mother, a dog, a, a son, a daughter, uh, your husband. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A picture, a picture, a picture, a photo. Right there. Get yourself a piece of. I'm looking for the first person that can run, run me down a Bible, a Bible, a Bible, a Bible. Who's got a Bible, a Bible, a Bible? Then we got a Bible. Right there. Thank you. I'm looking for the first person that can bring me down a car key, a car key, a car key, a car key. Hurry. There you I like the way you think, brother. You think above and beyond. Yes, don't even, don't even think about eating that candy in church. Hey, we've got the kids in here. We're going to have a great time. And we've got a whole, whole bowl of candy. And I'm looking for those that are sitting back, hands folded, smiling face. We even have the kids back there. Hi, everyone turn around and wave to the children. Yes, wave to the children. Whoo, glory. Well, I used to work, work for Dr. Lester Summerall. How many remember Dr. Lester Summerall? Yeah, I used to work for the man, brother. And uh, he used to say to me, us preachers, we preach until something happens. And then if nothing happens, we just continue to preach. And if nothing happens, then we just continue to preach and bore all the people. Anyway, uh, what I'm going to do is, you know, he said to me, he said, you know, you don't preach until something happens. You worship until something happens. And then when the minister gets up there, he just explains what took place during our worship time. See, there's only one part of a Sunday morning service that is 100% directed toward our Heavenly Father. And that is our worship. And most people show up 20 minutes late. Or better yet, the worship leader has to crank the people up for the next 20 minutes. But you don't have to do that in this church, brother. We're talking harvest church. But I've been, I've been to those churches. Come on, is there anybody excited about Jesus? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Is there anybody? Two of you. Oh yeah. Anyway. Uh, hey, by the way. My wife and I live in North Carolina, and what I did, I brought some products, uh, some t-shirts, and uh, i tell you what I'll do. When I say the two words, North Carolina, the first person that stands up, I'll let you go back there. Courtney's doing my table, and uh, I'll let you go back there and get yourself a free t-shirt of your choice. For the, I didn't say it. Sit down. I'm giving instructions. Did you see what she's, she's already standing. Anyway, when I, when I, when I say those two words, the state that I live in. North Carolina. Yeah, you got it. It doesn't happen when, uh, no, no, it doesn't happen when Brother Abe says, only when I say it. North America. <laughs> Holy macaroni. Did you see Big Nate? I mean, whoa, you would have been the first one, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. By the way, my Bible says you can clap for joy. You can dance for joy. You can shout for joy. And you can sing for joy. We sang about it. This, I like that song. Get ready to sing that right after I get finished. You can clap for joy. You can dance for joy. You can shout for joy. And you can sing for joy. But nowhere in the Bible does it say sit for joy. Cut, take two.
My Bible says you can clap for joy, you can dance for joy, you can sing for joy, you can shout for joy. But nowhere in the Bible does it say, shout, sit for joy. Yeah! Come on, everybody! Sit on down. You know, I love that song. You wrote that song? I love it, I love it, I love it. You're talking about shouting. I couldn't help but think every year in the summer, I minister to the children, the marine children. I drive to Jacksonville, North Carolina, every summer. No, 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 Amy, I mean, Pat, he said it only happens when I say North Carolina. Anyway, ooh, my brother, you got it, you got it, you got it, you got it. See, Courtney, right afterward, a t-shirt of your choice. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where was I? Oh, and as I drive into the Marine camp every summer, over the gate reads, pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. Let me say it again. Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. We have been set free and we have a reason to shout. Glory to God. Well, brother, I'm just one of those quiet worshipers. You lie, you lie, you lie. There's no such thing as a quiet worshiper. My Bible says, Psalm 66, verse 8. Let the voice of it... You're not sitting back, back touching the back of that cheat. Cheating in church, you want to get one of these... He's already halfway out of his... My Bible says, Psalm 66, verse 8. Let the voice of his praise be heard. And if you can't hear what's coming out of your mouth, it ain't praise. I don't know what you want to call it, but it's not praise. Praise will always be heard. And by the way, Brother Abe, I'm not going to let you do my praising for me. I'll do my own praising, thank you. Glory to God. Yeah. yeah. You're in agreement. Yeah. You're not sitting back. You want one of those free t-shirts. Anyway, this is my Jesus Reese's Peanut Butter Sweet Savior t-shirt. There you go, Pastor. Thank you. And then this is... Sweetheart, would you stand up? Turn around. This is the Not Ashamed t-shirt. But what do you see in the red? No shame. No shame. And what's the name of your dance that you're going to do this morning? <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. That's the Not Ashamed t-shirt. And then this... Oh, 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 yeah, this is the God bless you t-shirt. You know, someone sneeze. You know, a lot of people, they, when you, when you sneeze or when you're leaving and they'll say, bless you, bless you. Listen, if you're going to bless me, don't leave out the most important word. Hello, it's God bless you. Thank you. And I found out years ago in the Hebrew, what God bless you actually means for Marilyn Hickey. God bless you. God makes you happy. God heals you. God prospers you. God gives you divine favor. And God makes all your circumstances well. David, do you still remember the motions? Paul, you remember them? 
Yeah, he's doing. Paul, get up here. Help me out. He'll, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Last time I saw him, he was a little squirt. I mean, yeah, you were a middle squirt. You were what? <laughs> you were in middle school. Anyway, uh, let me show you the motions to God bless you. Paul, you ready? God bless you. Number one, God makes you happy. Everyone do the motions. Everyone do the motion. God bless you. Number one, God makes you happy. How many could use a little bit more joy and happiness in your home? Let's do it again. God bless you. Number one, God makes you happy. God bless you. Number two, God heals you from the top of the head to the... I see one teenager in the back that is not doing the motions. We're going to have to do it all over again. Are you ready? God bless you, number one. God makes you happy. God bless you, number two. God heals you. God bless you, number three. God prospers you. God bless... Whoo! How many could use some more prosperity? Glory. God bless you, number four. God gives you divine favor. And God bless you, number five. God makes all your circumstances well. Big Zach, you're doing pretty good, my brother. Are you ready? Here we go. God bless you, number one. God makes you happy. God bless you, number two. God heals you. God bless you, number three. God prospers you. God bless you, number four. God gives you divine favor. God bless you, number five. God makes all your circumstances well. That's what God bless you means. Are you ready? Are you ready? See if they can keep up with me. Are you ready? God bless you, number one. Two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four. Lost you, didn't I, brother? And then I've got my live fears. Thank you, Paul. Hey, get yourself a piece of candy, okay? Oh, 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 oh. Get yourself a... Two pieces of candy, put them in your pocket. Don't even think about eating the candy in church, okay? And then get yourself a whole handful, okay? A whole handful, yeah, 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 yeah. And the shortest distance between two points, since we have boys and girls, the big boys and girls and the little boys and girls in the house, I want you to be, look at Dustin. Oh, look at back touching the back of the chair. Look at the smile and teeth. There's 17 teeth I count. One, two, three, four, five. Yeah, that's 17. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is awesome. The Dustin right there. See, he's perfect. Okay. This is what you need to do. I want you, don't, don't take a straight line back to your seat. Go up and down the aisles, in and out of the rows. Be looking for those that are stomach and shoulders back, head up high, looking straight this way. And uh, look at that. Look at that man right there with that blue shirt. Look at the, the one that looks like me up here. Yeah. Yeah, give him a piece of candy. Yeah, did you go like this or did you go like this? Okay, yeah, oh, I got hair on the side. You don't. But you got it down here, brother. You got it down here. Anyway, take your time. Make sure they're sitting back, hands folded. Oh, and by the way, when I say, when I say the word attention, the first person, Courtney, you are good. You got it. You got it. Come up here. When I say the word attention, the first person that stands up, come on, get yourself a piece of candy and make sure you don't eat that candy in church. You put it in your pocket. Don't give me that look. In your pocket? And keep it in your pocket? This is my Live Fearless t-shirt. This is actually my personal testimony. Nine years ago, August 21st, 2013, I was diagnosed with having kidney cancer. I don't know if you've ever had a bad report. How many have ever had a bad report? The devil was planning my funeral nine years ago. But up rose in my spirit 
a verse that I learned when I was just a young boy growing up. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 10. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. For I am with you. Be not dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Nine years later my brother. I am cancer free. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. So when I say the two words, the first person standing up, I'll let you go back there. See, Miss Courtney, get yourself a free t-shirt of your choice. Poke your neighbor in the ribs and say, don't mess with me this morning. Oh, yeah. Don't even think about eating that piece of candy. Keep that in your pocket. Yeah. Hey, turn in your Bibles to Acts chapter 2 verse 17. I am so glad I am here. I am so glad I am here. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. This is a very familiar portion of scripture. But I'm going to share with you a little illustration to show you exactly what two of these words mean. In the last days, how you doing there? You gave away the candy already? Did you give pastor one? Look at the smile. He was sitting back, hands folded, smiling face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I know, I know. They were, I know Paul, they were all paying attention. This is, they were all paying attention. Courtney, get yourself another piece of candy. Okay, we better practice on this. Attention, the first person. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Micah, come on down. Come on down. Get yourself a piece of candy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You're already chewing your bubble gum, aren't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't eat that. Micah, thank you, thank you. Like, So, when I cut, Pastor, would you do the official one, two, three, when I, we begin the, the, the state that I live in? North Carolina. Okay. Are you ready? One, two, three! There we go. We, (laughs) sit down. Boy, the adults were up before the kids. That was great. North America! Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. Are you there? If you're there, say amen. Amen. If you're not there, say glory. We'll wait for the glory. Oh, we sang about it this morning. We sing about the glory. We talk about the glory. But most people don't even know what the glory of God is. Glory is when God shows up. It's when God shows up. The glory of God. Acts chapter 2 verse 17. In the last days. And it shall come to pass. In the last days saith God. I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. How many sons do we have in the house? Let's try that one again. How many sons do we have in the house? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's try that one again. How many sons do we have in the house? How many daughters do we have in the house? How many sons do we have in the house? How many daughters do we have in the house? What should be happening? 
for our sons and our daughters. And by the way, this isn't just talking about our sons and our, our daughters. This, you're either a son or a daughter. And what should be happening, bread? God pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. Let me explain to you, well, let me illustrate to you what it means to pour out. My brother, Nate, would you help me please? Back up a little bit more. Yeah. (laughs) I have a jar of water. And I am going to give you the Greek meaning of what it means to pour out. I am going to, in the last days, saith God, I will pour out upon all flesh. And I believe we are living in the last of the last days where God is pouring out where God is pouring out where God is pouring out now listen real close throughout the dispensations of time God has poured out and held back God has poured out and held back. Your wife is getting a video of this, brother. God has poured out and he has held back. Brother Nate, do you have any idea what these two words pour out mean in the Greek? Yeah. In the last days, saith God, I am not going to hold back. Those words pour out literally in the Greek language means to pour out without restraint. So it keeps coming and 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 coming. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Brother Nate, I have run out. But in the last days, God, what'd you say? No, because it's, it's coming out. It's coming out of his spirit without restraint. You say, well, I don't feel what God is pouring out his spirit without restraint. You got to get under the spout where the glory comes out. You'll never see the sun rise if you're facing west. You've got to change your position. Zacchaeus, he was a wee little man. A wee little man was he. What did he do? He was, what'd you, he, he what? Yes, yes, yes. He, he wanted to see Jesus so bad. He knew, he knew he couldn't see Jesus on the level of everybody else. He had to change his position.
And what you might need to do is change the stinking thinking in these last days. For truly God is pouring out His Spirit upon all flesh. Oh, I hope you brought a change of clothes, brother. Does your wife know anything about what this... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you know anything about this? (laughs) No, you didn't. You didn't. You kept a secret, brother. Yeah, God is going to pour out in these last days without restraint. And it's just going to keep on coming and coming. Thank you, my brother. (laughs) Thank you, my brother. (laughs) Yeah, let's give Nate a great big hand. You say... How could you do that to our precious Nate and get his clothes? He did know about it. He didn't tell you, did he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hope he brought a change of underwear too. Anyway, in the last days, God said he will pour out without restraint. And it's just going to be coming and coming and coming. And we are living in those last days. I shared with you a little while ago, we've taken over 6,000 children and young people to 28 different nations around the world. And we continue to do it. We take them age 7, age 8, age 8, 9 and 10 and and 11 you say oh my lord i can't even take my kids to walmart and you take them across you take them overseas yes i'll never forget the time and i shared this we 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 went to south africa durban durban south africa right along the indian ocean we were ministering underneath a 10,000 seat tent and i said to one of my 9 year old boys i want you to be ready to preach tomorrow morning he said yes sir i'll be ready he preached for 45 minutes not to children he preached to 45 minutes to thousands of adults he got finished ministering he closed up his bible he said i'm pre- i'm done preaching Now I want to lay my hands and prophesy into you. Nine years old. Three and a half hours later, he's laying hands on people underneath that tent. I'll never forget the time that we went to the Ute Indian Reservations. Three hours east of Utah. Salt Lake City, Utah. And we were asked to pray for an elderly lady. You know how old she was? 44. Elderly. You know why they're considered elderly? Because most people don't live past the age of 40. And I'm not talking about a third world country. I'm talking about our reservations right here in the United States. We were asked to pray for this elderly lady. She was going to have her leg amputated, cut off, her right leg. One of my one of my eight-year-old girls laid her hands on this lady and prayed a little eight-year-old prayer. Dear Jesus, would you heal her leg? We came back the next year. Guess who was fixing all of our meals for our team? It was this lady. Her name is Crystal. Healed, healed, totally, totally healed because the faith of a child. Oh, I loved hearing what Hank Kuderman said this morning. In these last days, we are going to see such a revival among our children and young people. Matter of fact, you're not hearing about it in the headline news. But it's happening all over the country, in our high schools, all over America. Where God, North Carolina, is pouring up. Right there, you got yourself a free tea. Ha <laughs> ha, yeah. Go back there. Go back there right now. Get yourself your free <laughs> Glory to God. Let's give him a great big hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I'll never forget, we were, we were in Mexico and a lady came in underneath our tent. She had a tumor on her neck the size of a grapefruit. And one of my 12 year old boys, Jason, laid his hand on that lady. And after two minutes praying for her, the only thing that was left was dangling skin. I'll never forget the time we were on another reservation and I'm preaching underneath the tent. There had to be seven, eight hundred people underneath that tent. And I just got finished ministering. And we had 48 children and teenagers with us on this trip. And I said, if you're here, if you're here this morning and you need healing in your body, lift up your hand. There had to be 200, 250 hands that went up underneath that tent. And I said to our children and our teenagers, I want you to find someone and begin to pray God's healing power into them. Now, no joke, this is what happened. Here's a lady in a wheelchair. Okay, just keep sitting. Okay, here's this lady in a wheelchair. And one of my 11-year-old boys was doing this. Yanking. He goes up to her. Yeah, that's the expression that I had. It was like, oh my Lord. Please, one of my leaders, get over there. He's going to hurt this lady. Ten seconds later, I look, oh ye of little faith. I look over and there's this lady standing in front of her wheelchair taking steps for the very first time. I'll never forget the time that I was ministering underneath the tent. And there was a teenage girl that never did come underneath that tent, but she would every so often poke her head around the tent pole. Never did come under the tent. Boy, I got excited when I heard about Mario Murillo getting a tent for the children. Ooh, David, get ready. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'll never forget... That teenage girl never did. What'd you get? A cross. What color? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything you want, you got it. After the service, one of my leaders comes up to me and she says, Pastor John, there's a teenage girl out in the parking lot that we've been trying to get underneath the tent. But we feel like she's demon-possessed because every time we go near her, she wants to claw at us and white foam comes out of her mouth. We feel like she's demon-possessed. I used to work for Dr. Summerall. He taught me how to cast out devils. Well, I took a beeline down the center of that tent. I was about ready to cast out devils out of that teenage girl when the Spirit of God says, don't you do it, let the girls do it. So So I turned around and grabbed three girls, 9, 10, 11 years old. I said, girls, there's a teenager out in the parking lot that needs to be set free. Most us adults would go, I don't do devils. I don't do devils. I do headaches. I do stomach aches. I don't do devils. But those three girls, they were trained. They were trained. Are you listening to me? They were trained how to cast out devils. Because my Bible says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. They, they, They backed that teenage girl up along a pickup truck in that parking lot. And in five minutes, she was set free. She was set free. I'm talking about your sons and your daughters. I'm talking about your grandchildren. You know, it's interesting. When it comes to technology, we think our kids are brilliant. But when it comes to 
spiritual things, we think they're dumb. I got one of these new cell phones. My grandkids come over and say, Poppy, you know, you got to get rid of that flip, you know, the flip. So I eventually go to the store. And uh, have you ever noticed when you go into these tech places how how old they are? They're like 16, 17, 18 years old. How many have recognized that? So I go up to this young fella and I said, I need I need to get myself a new phone. He said, well, follow me. Come on over here. He lifts this one up, and I looked at the price tag, and I go, holy macaroni. <laughs> he said, this is what you need. This has all the bells and whistles to it. I don't need all the bells and whistles, I told him. That's all I, we need to do is make phone calls and a few text messages. That's all I need. He left. He laughed at me. I bought it anyway. I took it home. I'm in the kitchen, Timothy Scott. I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> How do you work this thing? My grandson is there in the kitchen. He laughs. Poppy, give it to me. I gave it to Caleb. Here you go. Fixed. How many adults know what I'm talking about? You've experienced it, haven't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. See, when it comes to technology, we we think our kids are brilliant. But when it comes to spiritual things, we think, oh, one of these days they'll grow up and become an adult. I believe it's better to prepare than repair. Let me say it again. I believe it's better to prepare than repair. I believe it's better to go fishing with your son today than to go fishing for him tomorrow. And you're the fisherman, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's, who's the, oh, you are? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Woo, You need to get a, a Saturday and take a bunch of these guys and take, take some boys with you fishing. You do? Oh, awesome. You know, in the average church, this is what we do. Maybe not in this church, but I've been to those other churches. And I used to be one of those boys. Sit down, be quiet. In the average church, we tell our kids, sit down, be quiet, don't say a word for the next two hours. I believe in miracles, but I'll see a dead person raised from the dead before I will see a child sit through a two-hour Sunday morning service not moving a muscle. Let me say it again, in the average church, we teach our kids, sit down, be quiet. Don't move a muscle. Don't even think about it. After 20, 25 years of this process, we say, get up. Do something. Serve in the church. Why don't you give some money? How many know? How many know? Is this okay, Pastor? How many know if you teach children to do absolutely nothing when they're children, guess what they'll do when they become adults? Absolutely nothing like most adults in our church. You like that? Thank you. You know, we look at children and we label them. You know what the label is? Too young. And then when we get middle age, what's our label? Too busy. And then when we get old, what's our label? Too old. I can't tell you how many people, Pastor, say, when are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? When are you going to retire? When are you going to slow down? When are you going to... I got too many. I've got too much to do. 
The word retire is not in my vocabulary. Well, aren't you getting kind of old age is always 15 years older than you are. You know, something is wrong. Something is wrong. 94, and I shared with the the leaders yesterday, 94% of the children and teenagers that are being raised in our churches all over America will leave the church after high school never to return. Can can I say that again? 94% of the children and the Teenagers that are being raised in our churches will leave the church after high school never to return. How many have never heard that statistic before? Mm-hmm. But it's happening everywhere, right under our noses. I was in a church about a month ago, Pastor, with 800 people on Sunday morning service. And I said, how many here are between the age of 18 and 25? Out of 800 people, two hands went up that age bracket. The largest group that no longer go to church are between the age of 18 and 25. You know what the second group is? Age 10 and 11, boys. Boys, age 10 and 11, You know one of the reasons? Not only do we have a fatherless generation, but we have a fatherless church. We we have a fatherless church. What is worse, a child afraid of the dark or a man afraid of the light? Eighty-four percent of those that... By the time a young boy is 12 years old, 84% of his life will be spent with women. Ladies, I want to thank you for standing in the gap and being where there where us men have failed miserably. Failed miserably. I mean failed miserably. And I shared with the, the leaders yesterday, man, we need husbands and wives working with our children so the children can see healthy marriages. Healthy marriages. See, cause, because the, the women are, women, you, you cannot do for a young boy what a man can do for a young boy. As hard as you try, you cannot do it. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. I love Mark chapter 4, verse 13. Jesus taught 38 parables. And he said in Mark chapter 4, verse 18, just write the reference. He said, if you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any parable. If you don't understand this parable, you will not understand any parable. A farmer went out and he sowed some seed. And some of the seed fell among wayside, stony, thorny, and good ground. Then he said, the ground is the heart of man. You are either wayside, stony, thorny, or good ground. And the word, the seed, is the word of God. Jesus again said, he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. 
If you don't understand this parable, you won't understand any parable. There's wayside, stony, thorny, and good ground. What would you say adults are? What ground or grounds? Come on, help me. Stony, thorny, wayside. Yep. What ground best represents children? The good ground. But what happens? What happens, Brother Abe, if you don't do anything to the good ground? What happens? The ground becomes hard and the weeds begin to grow. Children are good ground. But if we don't reach them while they're getting, while they're still good ground, the weeds begin to grow and the ground becomes hard. And that's where we were talking about. That's what Hank Kuderman and Mario Marilla were talking about. It's not necessarily the teenagers that they're targeting. It's the younger ones, the children, the children, the children. billion people on planet Earth. Over half the world's population are children 15 years old and younger. Children constitute the largest unreached people group in the world. Let me give you a statistic. 86% of those that are Christians today become Christians before age 15. 10% between the age of 10, uh, 15 and 30, and a scant 4% after 30 years of age. Let me give you those again. 86% of those that are Christians today receive Jesus before the age of 15. How many receive Jesus before the age of 15? Let me see your hand. In the house. You receive Jesus. Lift him high. You receive Jesus before the age of 15. Okay, put him down. How many receive Jesus between the age of 15 and 30? 10%. How many receive Jesus after 40 years of age? Whoa. It's kind of right here in this old, old congregation. After 40. You're a miracle, my brother. Someone was praying for you. Someone was praying for you. You had a wife praying for you big time. Jesus said, allow the little children to come unto me. He said, children are like, they are the good ground. If you don't understand this parable, you will not understand any parable. How many here, the fishing, how many have ever caught a fish this big? How many have ever caught a fish? Five. How many have ever caught a fish this big? Lift up your hands. More. Quite a few more. About 12. Are you ready for the next question? How many have ever caught a fish this big? Look around, everybody. How many have ever caught a fish this big? Lift. I'm going to see the hands. How many have ever caught a fish this big? How many have ever caught a fish this big? Children are like little fish. You can catch them for Christ so very easily. But what do you do with the little fish that you catch in the lake? 
You throw them back in and you say, little fishy, you're too little. Little fishy, you're too scrawny. Little fishy, when you become this big, I'll come back and catch you. Children are like little fish. You can catch them for Christ so very easily. But what have we been doing with our children for decades and for centuries? We've been throwing them back into the lake. Let me just put it this way. We've been throwing them to hell because of our stupidity. And I didn't swear, kids. It's a, it's a place. Heaven's a place and hell's a place. And you don't want to go there. Jesus said, if you don't understand this parable, you will not understand any parable. D.L. Moody, one of the greatest evangelists of all times, he had a meeting one night and the next day, a man asked him, sir, how many got saved in your meeting last night? And D.L. Moody said, two and a half. The man said to him, oh, you mean two adults and one child. D.L. Moody said, oh no, two children and one adult. You see, if you were to, if you were to, as an adult, if you were to receive Jesus in your heart for the very first time, guess what, Nate? If you were to receive Jesus in your heart today, I just redeemed a soul. But if one of these children receive Jesus in their heart today. Not only do you redeem a soul, but you redeemed an entire life. Our children are getting older, younger. How many have that found that to be the case? They are getting older, younger. What we used to face the issues when we were 16, 17, 18 years old, our children at age 6 and 7 and 8 are having to deal with that stuff before they need to. So Harvest Church, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What about the children? What about the young people? We talked about revival. We heard it from Hank Kuderman, Mario Murillo. I've done a study on revivals. I said, Father, why is it that revivals have only lasted five or six years? Most revivals only lasted five or six years. You know why? We've not passed it on to the next generation. We've not passed it on to the next generation. Psalm 89 verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. How many remember that song? How many? Pastor, come on up and sing it. Pastor Kathy, come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Ladies and gentlemen, Psalm 89 verse 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing. I will sing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. 
And with my mouth will I make known His faithfulness, thy faithfulness. With my mouth will I make known my faithfulness to all generations. Give pastor a good hand. And with my mouth I will make known your faithfulness to all generations. Psalm 145 verse 4. From one generation to the next generation. For I will praise you Lord from one generation to the next generation. Psalm 127 verse 4. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are our children. Austin, come on up here. Help me out. I met him in the lobby as we come on up here, young man. How old are you? Nine. Whoa. You're a tall one. Wow. I was about his eighth, his height when I was 16 years old. Yeah. Austin, give me your hand. Austin, don't wait to be a great man. You be, Austin, a great boy. Are you listening to me? You be a great boy. Because great boys grow up to become great men. I said great boys grow up to become great men. But young boys learn how to become great boys in the presence of men that care about young boys. Thank you. Hey, get yourself a handful of candy. Yeah. There was a man in my church, Kensington Missionary Alliance Church in Buffalo, New York. You got it, man. Yeah, yeah. And dad is saying, oh, yeah, yeah. They're the, the family of A's. All A's. Adam, yeah, yeah. And Anna, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I was a young boy. I grew up in a government housing project in the inner city of Buffalo, New York. Didn't, didn't grow up with a daddy. But there was a man in my bo- there was a man in my church. There was a man in my church. His name was Mr. Ray Milholland. He loved this little boy. We had lots of children in our church, but I was his favorite. I was. At least he made me feel like I was his favorite. I would go to church every Sunday. Matter of fact, I would go to church every time the church doors were open. And I would walk into the lobby, and there was Mr. Ray Milholland. And he'd take those big, long arms, and he said, Johnny, it's so good to see you. He would be there in the lobby every single Sunday, and he'd pull out a piece of candy. And he'd say, oh, Johnny, here, here's a piece of candy. Go ahead and put it in your pocket, and don't even think about eating it until after church. Where do you think I learned that from? I learned it when I was a young boy. Mr. Ray. Mr. Ray. I am doing, you know, him and his wife. Him and his wife would come. They would call on the phone and they'd say, Johnny, would you like to go get an ice cream? Would you like to go get a hamburger? And him and his wife would come up to our government housing project. We lived on the third floor of Glenny Apartments in, in the inner city of Buffalo. And I couldn't wait as a young boy. I couldn't wait to see Mr. Ray and his wife pull up in his Cadillac. Him and his wife 
bought a brand new Cadillac every single year. But it wasn't just an ordinary Cadillac. Remember the tank Cadillacs? It was a convertible, brother. It was a convertible. And he'd put that top down, and I'll never forget, every time his wife would sit in the back seat, she would let me sit up in the front seat. And I remember going down Kensington Avenue, Bailey Avenue, and back then I had hair. And I remember the feeling that I had with the wind blowing through my hair when that convertible was down. Do you know I am doing what I'm doing today because there was one man, one man that cared for a little boy that grew up in a government housing project. And I want to tell you something. I'm tired of hearing statistics of children and young people leaving the church after high school never to return because we as adults say, oh yeah, 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 let someone else do it. Let someone else do it. I've done my duty as an adult. I hear it all the time. I get people that come up to me and say, well, I, let, let, you know, I'm getting kind of old to minister to those kids. That's just the younger generation. No, we need you. We need you. We need you. Whew, Glory. You know, it's interesting. Joshua. His generation. Saw and experienced miracles. Joshua's children. Heard about the miracles. Joshua's grandchildren worship Baal. It happened that And we are seeing it right in our own time. In our own generation. Adults, we are losing them. And that is not a negative statement. Can I just share with you, my wife and I have been doing this for 47 years. And it's time. And there's a reason why I'm here at Harvest Church. Because there's a harvest out there called our children and our young people. And I'm believing as a result of this morning's message, there will be at least a dozen of you that will rise up and say, let me do it. Let me minister to the children. Let me pack my car on Sunday morning with children and young people. My wife and I have 10 grandkids. We could be walking through the house, just dragging. But as soon as though, how many have grandkids? How many have grandkids? As soon as those grandkids come through the back door, it's like, yeah! You know what keeps you young? Hanging around children. People say, How do you have so much energy? I hang around kids because their anointing rubs off on me. I hear it all the time and I teach it. Don't you even think about quitting. Our children and our young people don't need quitters in this day and in this hour. They need they need men and women that will rise up and say, I'll take them to places they've never been before. 
And by the way, one last scripture. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. You're going to love this. Genesis chapter 18, verse 18 and 19. We all know that Abraham was a man of faith. Let me ask you a question. Why was Abraham chosen as a covenant partner with God? He obeyed, okay. Someone else. Why was Abraham chosen as a covenant partner with God? He what? He took on Lot. Okay, someone else. Why was Abraham chosen as a covenant partner with God? What's that? And most people, ma'am, most people will say that. He was a man of faith. He was the man of faith. That's what they call him. He obeyed God. But that's not the reason. Genesis chapter 8. What you say? Would you say that again? Trained his children. That's it. Most people will say he was a great man of faith. I'm going to tell you something. Mom and dad, this scripture right here, he was a heathen. At the time, he was a heathen. But God saw something in Abraham. Are you ready? Seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I know him that he will command his children and his household after him. The reason why he was chosen as a covenant partner with God, because God knew that he would command. Now that word command is not a, get in your room and pick up that mess. Like we understand the word command. You ready for this in the Hebrew language? That word command means to, it means more than than to tell and teach. It means to train, to lead the way. It has the indication of being a tour guide. To be a tour guide. For I know Abraham that he will be a tour guide for his children. You know what I see in churches all across America on Sunday morning? If they have the children in the adult service, I see children and young people during the praise and worship. You probably have seen this, Abe. I've seen children and young people flock the front of the Sunday morning service praise time. And where are the adults? You got it, brother. You just laughed. Where are the adults, my brother? They're in the back. They're in the back. The next time that happens, take a picture. Because my wife and I have seen it for years and years and years. It's a beautiful picture. Who would not want their son, their daughter, their grandchildren up in the front worshiping God? Who would not want their children coming to church on Sunday morning? Parents would give you anything to see you as a family sitting with your children on Sunday morning. Most parents that are outside the four walls of this church, they would say, how are you doing it? How are you doing? What are you doing? Would you please pray for my son and my daughter? They look at you and they become envious. 
Because your children are coming to church. But I'm going to tell you something. Just because your children are coming to church. Just be, I'm going to say it. And I'm going to slow down just a little bit. Just because your children and your grandchildren are coming to church. Doesn't mean that when they get older. Well, brother, what about train up a child in the way? Oh, I'm glad you brought that verse up. Proverbs 22, verse 6. Because that word train is not the word teach. That word train means to demonstrate. So in other words, what we've got a lot in our churches all across America, pastor, not in this church, not in Harvest Church, but in all those other churches I see, we've got a lot of travel agents. Where the parents and the grandparents, am I right, allow the children and the young people, oh yes, they'll drop them off at events and say, hey, we're going to, your mother and I are going to go out for dinner, we'll come back and pick you up after the event that you have with the youth. They'll, they'll bless them and say, oh yeah, have a great time at church, have a great time praising the Lord, but where are the most of the moms and dads and the grandmas and grandpas? I am convinced Adults, I am convinced. I'm an exhorter, by the way. I am a, I'm an exhorter. I am convinced that our children and our young people are not lethargic to the things of God. They're not complacent to the things of God. They are simply bored. Why? Because us adults, are you shaking your head? Yes, 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 yes. You could probably preach better than me. I am convinced, I am convinced, us adults have shown the younger generation, our teenagers and our children, a boring Christianity. No life, no joy, no excitement, no passion. Well, brother, I'm just one of those low-energy persons. You lie, because there's no such thing as a low-energy person. See the typical man, brother? See the typical man on Sunday morning during praise and worship? Then get him home watching the ball game. Something is wrong. Something is really wrong when we are more passionate and we can't wait to get out of church, to turn on the TV, to watch the ball game, and we'll shout and we'll dance. Something's wrong when we are more passionate about watching the ball game on Sunday afternoon than worshiping God on Sunday morning. Thank you for those two amens, those three amens. And notice, I noticed most of those hand claps were from women. Men, men, it is time, it is time, women, it is time to say, son, daughter, grandchild, come follow daddy, come follow mommy as we worship God. Instead of being a tour guide, many of our generation have become travel agents. A travel agent. Have you ever done, used a travel agent? Do they go with you? Nope. They'll make hotel reservations. They'll make restaurant reservations. They'll make your airfare reservations, right? But do they go with you to Hawaii? Nope. Because they're a travel agent. They say, God bless you. 
Have a wonderful time, North Carolina. Have a wonderful time. Adam, you got yourself whatever you want free on the back, brother. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you got it, man. You got it. Yeah, he, you, some of you thought I said North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, are you with me this morning? Can you help me out? I want you to sing that song that you wrote. I love that, brother. Now is the time? Yeah. This is what I want to do. Brad, you got more muscles than me. Could you move this thing back over here, brother? That's a heavy, yeah, it takes two of them. I tried to move that thing by myself yesterday, and man, this is what I want us to do. I want this to be an illustrated message, okay? Can I show you? You go ahead and just begin to start playing, okay? This is what I see in a lot of churches. I want our children and our teenagers, come on down here and just stand with me and face me. Just face me. Just right down over here. Just right down. Wow. Wow. Guess what, church? You think this is a lot of children? And teenagers, get ready, because more are coming. Now, this is what, this is what I typically see on Sunday mornings in churches. I see young people and children. Children dancing, shouting. I see young people being with their, their young people with the teenagers hanging out. But you know what they do? They're worshiping God. They're worshiping God. They're worshiping God. And for years, I thought this was such a wonderful, wonderful picture. Where God is pouring out His Spirit upon our sons and daughters. But my wife and I have been doing this thing called ministry long enough to where we are seeing and we have seen something happen. As beautiful as this picture is that you see, what are we missing? What are we missing? The adults. The adults. I want you to go sit back where you were. This is called the travel agent ministry. Where you have just given your blessing to your son, your daughter, your teenager. Yeah, you could go down there. I'm so glad you're worshiping God. But we're going to do something a little bit different. Brother Abe, as you begin to play, I want to see if they got this message. The first ones out of their seats should not be our teenagers and our children. Are you listening to me? Go ahead and hit it. Hold it! Hold it! Sit on down. Go back. Do I have to preach this message all over again, brother? Now, there are about 57% that got it. 
You know what? Yes. Yes. You say you're bribing. No, 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 no. There is a difference between a bribe and a reward. A bribe, look it up in your dictionary. A bribe is something that you do with an evil intent. A reward is totally different. By the way, my Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Harvest church, there has to be a paradigm shift in what we do. As parents, as grandparents, there has to be a shift. Can I say this? Just because your children come to church doesn't mean that 10 years from now they'll be in church. Because one thing that we have been missing for decades, we have to change what we do from being a travel agent, oh yeah, go front, to being a tour guide. It's son, it's daughter, come follow me as I follow Christ. Come on, son. Worship like daddy does. Come on, daughter. Come on. Have you ever seen a little baby in the hands of a mother? Maybe that baby's about two years old. And mom is up front and she lifts up her hands. Do you know what that little baby will do? That little baby will lift up her hands too. Now, does that little baby at two years of age understand what she does? No. But as parents and as grandparents, we allow our children to go through the motions. The meaning will come. What's taken us 35, 40 years to figure out the meaning will only take a short time with our children as we become tour guides and say, come on. Follow daddy. Follow mommy. Come on, son. Come on. This is called family worship. Hit it, Mr. A. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on. Come on. Turn me up just a little bit. Come on, our sons and daughters. Come on, husbands and wives. Come on, children. Come on, teenagers. Woo! Now is the time. Sing it, brother. Here we go. Come on now. What'd you say? They're doing a pretty good job of singing, but when it came to that dancing, we all need a little help. Okay, everyone, do a little jiggle and a do a little wiggle. A do a little jiggle and a do a little wiggle. Okay, here we go. Hit it. Right there, we're 
Where's little Bella? Is Bella in the house? Oh, she's in preschool. She had a birthday yesterday. She had a celebration. She made sure she told me about it. She's four years old. How many have ever gone to a celebration before? It's not, oh, I'm going to a celebration. <laughs> no, it's, I'm going to a celebration. Okay, this is what I want you to do. All those that are 18 and younger, I don't want you to do a thing. We're going to sing these again, okay? I don't want you to do a thing. What I want you to do... All those 18 and younger, I want you to turn around and look at an adult, a mom, a dad, a grandma, grandpa, and the adults around you and watch what they're doing. Are you ready? Watch what they're doing. Okay? Because they should be singing, they should be dancing, they should be celebrating, they should be rejoicing. Okay, so are you ready? Don't do a thing, 18 and younger, because you're going to be looking at the big people, the big people, and you're going to see what they do. How old are you? Seven. Oh, you're under the age. Okay, 18. Be watching the adults around you. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Are you ready, Mr. Gabe? Hit it! Watch them! Watch them! Watch him, watch him. Okay. Boy, this has been good. This has been good. You were watching him, weren't you? Were you watching him? Okay, this time, there's 100% participation. Now, do you know your children and your young people are going to be doing exactly what they saw you do. Ooh. That sounds like Bible to me. It sounds like that's pretty biblical to me. Yeah. Do you realize our generation of children and teenagers have been doing exactly what they see mommy and daddy do for the past 10, 15, 20 years? That's about to change Harvest Church, isn't it? You can sing, but can you worship? You can dance, but can you worship? You can shout, but can you worship? Are we ready? Boys, girls, teenagers, are you ready? Now we all know those that are younger might have just a little bit more energy. Mom and dad, don't allow that to happen. Because there's a thing called Sunday afternoon nap. Okay? Because we're going to give all to Him. I will worship Him with all my might, with all my strength, and with all my heart. Are you ready? Can I do the one, two, three, throw? Wait, can, let me do the one, two, three thing. Okay. Get ready. Tell your neighbor, I need a little space, please. I need a little space. I need a little... A one, two, three, four. Come on now. Fred, you're going to play the pin. Come on. Hold it, hold it, hold it. My brother, I love your dance. Come and get up here, get up here. 
Yeah! He does the wiggle and the jiggle. Hit it again. Hit it again. Here we go. Come on now. Come on now. This is the time. Woo! 
adoring families. the time. Lift up your hands all over the house this morning. Lift up your hands. Can I pray a family blessing around you if you're near your family? I want you to gather around your family, your children, grandma, grandma, grandpa, yeah, just gather gather around. And Zach, I don't want you to go too far because I want you to pray for our children and and our teenagers here in just a little bit right after I pray for the families matter of fact bring your family up here let me pray let me pray over the families let me pray over the families and if you don't have a family member here families if you see someone that is by themselves they don't have a family here would you welcome them into your family right now father I pray for the Spirit of the Lord that is upon us and dwells within us. The anointing, that strong anointing, Father, to preach the gospel to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, and to set at liberty those that are hurting, those that are needing help. Families, Father, right now are in desperate situation. So many of them, Father, are living in fear. So many of them are living in confusion and frustration. So, Father, I thank you, Lord, right now for the families in this church. Strong families. Powerful anointed families. For I declare that the Spirit of the Lord is upon you and has anointed you. Families, moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas. And I encourage you from the Spirit of the Lord, pray in the Holy Ghost a lot. Pray in the Holy Spirit a lot. Pray in the Holy Spirit a lot. Because the Holy Spirit will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit will bring things back to your remembrance. Pray in the Holy Spirit. I will sing in the Spirit and I will sing with my understanding. I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray with my understanding. Holy Spirit, lead us and guide us. And we declare that we dwell in the secret place of the Most High. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord God, you are my refuge and my fortress. You are my God and you do I put my trust. So I cover my family. I surround my family with the angels of God. With the angels of God, they are protected. They're safe and secure. 
a thousand falls at our side and ten thousand at our right hand, but no evil, no plague, no calamity, no COVID-19 comes nigh our dwelling place. For you have given your angels charge over us. They keep my children, my sons, my daughters, our grandchildren safe and secure from all harm. Father, I thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus for a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. As you said in Psalm 92 verse 10, you shall be anointed with fresh oil. So now, when I count to three, lift up your hands toward heaven. One, two, three. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh. Let a fresh, fresh anointing from the Spirit of God fall fresh on us and these families. Fall fresh on us. Holy Spirit, fall fresh on us. Oh, Holy Spirit, in our families, in our sons and our daughters. I'll let the rivers of joy once again come into our home. Let the rivers of your joy come into our marriages. Oh, let the river go. Let rivers, Father, rivers of your anointing, rivers of your joy, rivers of your peace. Here comes some more. Here comes some more. Just receive it. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Rivers of blessings, rivers of blessings, rivers of blessing, rivers of God's anointing. Rivers of your love, Father. Yeah. Ooh, glory, 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 glory. Oh. Wow. Just take a deep breath in. Just take a deep breath in. Just receive that. And if you're here this morning, you say, Pastor John, my life is not right with God. If you're here and you say, my life is not right with God, can I pray for you? Just simply say, dear Heavenly Father, I receive you, your forgiveness into my life. Jesus, come on in. Fill me with your love. Fill me with your strength. Fill me with your joy from this day on. I'm walking with you. In Jesus' name. Glory, glory, glory. Pastor, thank you so much. What a wonderful time. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Amen, amen, amen. Wow. No looking back. Forward march. Amen. Amen. Go on back to your seats. We want to bless Brother John. Freely we receive today. Let's freely give. Let's give our best. You can make your checks payable to Harvest Church, and then we'll give him every penny. Amen. Thank you for being so attentive and so responsive this morning. I didn't know what was in some of you.
I won't tell the other Carl about you. It's just between you and me. <laughs> Amen. Wasn't that a wonderful service? Wonderful time. Word and season for Harvest Church. Well, you're, you're not sweating like an exhorter. You're sweating like an evangelist. Amen. Make sure you go back and get a t-shirt. Amen. What a wonderful God. Wonderful Savior. Wonderful Holy Spirit. Thank you to our nursery workers back there. Amen. Amen. Come here a minute. See that lady in the back? She had children's ministry for years. When we first started, that, that woman there and her husband, faithful, faithful, faithful. Amen. Give her a hand. See, a lot of us have plowed for years and years and years. Amen. And now we're going to reap. Well, oh, pray like Sandy. Because <laughs> when she prays in the spirit, she goes for it. Amen. That's right. I forgot about that. Amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. Have a good week. You know, I was thinking today, what if every family here could round up five children from whether it was relatives, broken homes, people that you know? Five children. You start thinking and praying about five kids that you could bring to church. Amen? And I'll remind you here in the future. They'll come and they'll be blessed. Amen? God bless you. Thank you, everybody. Yeah, if you want a piece of candy...